Hello and welcome to the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I am your host, Greg Tito. I am not joined by anyone today. It is just me because Shelly is on vacation and Trevor is busy with Dice Camera Action, which is an exciting streaming show on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash wizards underscore D&D. Go check it out every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Good old Chris Perkins is playing through Curse of Strahd, a uh, gothic horror adventure um, with some amazing uh, people around the uh, D&D web-osphere, including Anna Prosser Prosser Robinson from Misclix, as well as uh, uh, Pro Jared, who uh, recently just did a a D&D thing, and uh, a lot of other wonderful people. So go check it out. Uh, on our Twitch stream, and if you want to catch up on previous sessions, they are available on our YouTube channel. Uh, Curse of Strahd is also available in stores, all stores, right now. It is amazing. It's a wonderful piece of uh, adventure writing, uh, 256 pages of nonstop gothic horror. Actually, that's not true. There's some uh, levity in there as well uh, as in our podcast with um, Tracy Hickman and Chris Perkins. Uh, We talked about how Sometimes the suspense and the horror needs a little bit of, of humor to uh, to make it hit home even more so. You can only be filled with dread for so many hours of the day. So Chris Strahd is awesome. Go check it out. And uh, if you're interested in seeing how it plays, you can see Chris Perkins play it on the interwebs as well. So cool. That's all badass. Uh, if you're more of a interested in playing online with your friends, Fantasy Grounds, uh, the amazing tabletop um, software from Smiteworks. Uh, it's uh, available and Curse of Strahd and all of our recent adventures are available on there. So you have maps. There's a lot of great mechanical things. You can roll real physical dice uh, on the screen and it's tons of fun. It takes a little bit of learning. So uh, the wonderful people at Smiteworks, uh, Doug Davison uh, is definitely able to help uh, if you have any questions figuring it all out. But once you do, it's a very robust tool. Uh, for playing online Dungeons and Dragons, go check that out too. And again, Curse of Strahd is available there, on uh, from their website as well as on their Steam page. All right, that's enough amazing things. Uh, oh, wait, I got one more, and it's a perfect segue. So, uh, go. You can follow uh, Wizards official D and D Twitter. Uh, it's uh, Wizards uh, underscore D and D. And on that Twitter right now is a bot called uh, the Madam Ava bot. And if you retweet uh, one of the pinned tweets there, you shall get a unique fortune uh, written uh, by one of the guests that is going to be on this podcast right now. So Courtney Stanton and Darius Kazimi, uh, two of the uh, people at Field Train, uh, created this bot for us. Um, And it was very exciting. We had a lot of fun going back and forth. um, And uh, we're going to talk about that process and uh, as well as, of course, their D&D history uh, right now. So we'll call up uh, Darius and Courtney and, and get talking to them about how they made this awesome Madam Ava bot. Hello. Hey, Darius. How's it going? It's Greg Tito. Hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. Hi, Courtney. How are you? We're good. Sweet. Uh, it's just me today. Uh, usually we have two co-hosts, but it's... Uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of scheduling things going on all at once, so you yeah. only get to talk to the uh, terribly boring me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm sure we'll make two. Nice. So uh, you guys are calling in from Portland, right? Yes. Yep. How's it going down there? It is shockingly sunny and beautiful. What? That is shocking. Pacific Northwest? <laughs> I Come know. On. You're letting us down. You're supposed to be, you know, cloudy and gray. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm flying to London tonight, so I'll get to experience <laughs> some cloudy and gray when I get over there. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the weather's way of making Darius sad that he's leaving. <laughs> I think someone on Twitter tried to say, like, I'm in the UK, so I'm used to cloudy, cloudy and gray. And I was like, yeah, right. We're in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> you can't lord that over me. Yeah. You, you crazy Brit people. <laughs> yeah, we moved here from Boston, so every time um, my friends back home are like, oh, well, you know, like, how's the weather there? And I'm like, well, you know, it's like it's raining. And they're like, oh, it's not raining here. And I'm like, yeah, when's the last time it snowed? <laughs> and they're like, well, we only had a couple inches. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, last year was horrible. Our, uh, our PR, PR agency, 360PR, is in Boston, so... I heard about yeah. every Monday it felt like last winter. They were like, mm-hmm. yep, it's another 18 inches. Yes. 
Yes, it was like that. <laughs> Very crazy. I'm, they must have uh, pulled the wrong card from the Taroka deck, and that's why they've been cursed with such <laughs> precipitation. Yeah. yeah, that was exactly why um, I think you think you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well, so you guys, uh, the reason we're talking to you is, well, A, you're awesome people. Uh, and, oh, thank uh, you. And Darius, I, 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 I had found you uh, a long time ago in making bots on Twitter. And I for some, I followed you for many years. And then when this uh, uh, thing came up uh, of, of trying to figure out a way to integrate random uh, uh, draws from a deck, uh, your name was the first name that popped into my brain. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, your, your background and history as far as, as making, uh, uh, bots and, 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 and where it all came from? Yeah, sure. Um, about, uh, four years ago, it was spring of 2012. Uh, mm -hmm. I made my first Twitter bot and, uh, it was, I was, I was reading a book that talked about how people try to make arguments by writing too much, essentially writing and speaking. And it sort of encouraged me to uh, to make arguments by uh, building stuff instead. And so my first bot was actually a bot that I had written in response to something in that book that I disagreed with. Uh, and, uh, and the book is called Alien Phenomenology by Ian Bogos. It's a philosophy book, although Ian does work in the games space as well, which yeah. is how I knew him originally. Um, and so, um, so yeah, Ian was like, kind of like, shut up and build things. And, and so I was like, okay, I can... I can give that a shot. I'll build things that won't shut up. I'll build things that won't <laughs> shut up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they speak for me. Never um, stop and talking. You know, it, it, it's not like the first bot I built sent the world on fire or anything. I just, uh, I had a really good time making it. And, you know, like a couple dozen people seemed to think it was amusing. And so um, I just kept doing it. I, I ended up making like a bot a month that year. And then the next year I was making like a bot a week. Um, Wow. So it was, um, uh, it was just, it was just a, kind of a fun. It still is a fun and rewarding medium to work in because the constraints are so tight, um, uh, but you can still do so much with 140 characters and like you know an image attachment or a video or something. Now, what would you think is the the the, the definition of a of a bot? Because I think some people think of it as you know a spam or or uh, you know the creation of fake accounts and in, in order to you know, I don't even know what their what their goal is, but what what is your what is your definition of, of, of the things that you create? Um, I think a bot is any piece of software that attempts to uh, communicate with humans through um, a medium that was designed for humans to communicate with each other. So, um, you know, to me, it's like if you walk up to a terminal and uh, like just a, just imagine a screen somewhere with a keyboard, and you're like typing to this you know, AI on the other end. To me, that might be an artificial intelligence, but it's not a bot. To me, a bot is something that it says, okay, well, email was designed for people to talk to each other. And so spam bots live on email and they, use, they hijack that medium of human communication and sort of level that playing field. So it's, um, you know, you're forced to talk to a computer and the computer is forced to talk to you through this thing that was designed for humans. And so that's mm. like, that's different from learning to navigate, uh, like learning how to talk to an NPC in a game, for example, right? Like there might be similar things going on with an NPC in a computer game, but, um, but that's like a totally different thing that you have to sort of learn how to do. And whereas like bots encounter people in our sort of natural online habitat. Okay, I see. So the, the difference is where a, a computer game is specifically de designed to be a artificial thing talking to a human, whereas a bot is using things that are in normal speech or, or, or ways that we communicate electronically uh, and subverting that by, by making people not think that it was also from other humans, but uh, uh, just using that form of communication that others believe uh, should only be human to human. Or, or yeah. Well, and it's an environment that was designed assuming that humans were going to be speaking to other humans. So like when you check in at an airport terminal, that's like a self check-in kiosk, mm -hmm. like at no point are you expected to encounter another human at the other end of that. Like it's a human designed 
uh, it's an interface designed for a human to be talking to a computer. Whereas like Twitter is an interface designed for humans to talk to each other. And so when you inject an artificial intelligence into that, you have a bot because it's navigating a space that was designed for humans to talk to each other. Yeah. And of course, when, when we say artificial intelligence, it's not even necessarily like, you know, when we think of AI, we think of something that can beat a chess grandmaster or something. Uh, right. And, uh, and you know, AI, again, like I sort of, I come from a game development background myself and in games, AI is just whatever works. You know, um, <laughs> my favorite example is the artificial intelligence. There, Tetris has an artificial intelligence, and the the AI in Tetris is it picks one of X number of pieces and puts it on the board. That's it. Yep, that's it. But it's enough to create a challenging, you know, uh, opponent for you. And I guess even like you know the 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 AI of Pac Man is the is the ghosts and where their their pathing is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's all really simple stuff. And so my definition of, of AI tends to be pretty expansive. Uh, and uh, although I shy away from using the word now, because these days when you say AI, people think you're building a machine to like, you know, think, you know, to, to um, I don't know, to like recognize images and, uh, uh, you know, classify them as, you know, dogs or cats or something. Or to take over the world or, right. or yeah, the like, ship. Like it's they, they it's a, people inherently assume malintent when you say AI now, and mm -hmm. um, or they assume a great deal of intelligence. Uh, my favorite example of AI is one actor that I I stole from Darius, as, uh, which is um, stoplights and walk signs. Mm -hmm. You know, because when people talk about it, it's like, oh, we're going to have this like massive network and we're all going to obey it and it's going to be awful. And it's going to run our lives. And I'm like, we actually have some of those now. And it's and it's fine. You yeah, know, like, we are right. tell us every day when to stop and go. Just try driving somewhere. <laughs> right. That's, like right. We, we have completely seated individual thought every time you come up to a four way intersection and thank God, like I don't need that in my life. I don't need to get out of my car and have a full conversation with everybody else. We're like, well, where are you going? Is your, is yours, should you go first? Is it more important for you? Like, I'm fine. I'm totally fine obeying red lights. <laughs> you know, like right. I don't, I don't need that. I'm really, I'm, I'm fine with the computer driven Q8 system that, that we've nationally deployed. Uh, I think it's good. I think it works out. Okay. I think that I'm, I'm okay letting a computer think for me in that instance. Um, and there's the a democratization in, involved with giving control to a computer too. And that I remember reading stories of, you know, early New York city traffic lights, they were controlled by people and <laughs> the rich bigwigs would never have to stop at yeah. a red light because they would see the, the fancy limo coming down and the guy would be like, okay, sure. You go ahead. Right. You know, Right. And uh, that doesn't happen in, in New York now right. anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the traffic lights. With the traffic lights, exactly. <laughs> Everything else is, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, but like, so it's, you know, you have these, you can, there's a very human approach to the thought of, of, um, of these systems, you know, and, it, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, humans are the ones building them. So, you know, it's for all that we, we, we are ostensibly talking about a, a neutral concept and a agnostic, you know, like deciding thing. It's like, it is the humans involved with it at every step of the way that is actually what, um, what we're talking about and like the human values right. at stake. So. Right. It's a really fascinating kind of uh, work to do right now because uh, of, of how much of our, our society is, is now based in, technology and, and in communications like this. So uh, yeah. that's why it was really exciting when we had this idea to, you know, to, to use Twitter in a way that would get people into uh, the Barovian story, the, the story of Curse of Strahd, and have this gamification element of having this deck of, of, of randomness uh, and being able to talk to people uh, directly and have an, inter an interactive thing that was not having to have a, an operator essentially, you know, yeah. throwing things out there was, was really exciting to us. And then it ended up creating all these great loops of people who were then commenting on what the fortune was that they got and then having conversations based on those. So it, uh, uh it ended up being something, something really fascinating, but what people don't know is, is the challenges, uh, that it took. Uh, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about your process and trying to come up with this, this Madam Ava bot and the rules there. Sure. 
Um, yeah, we loved the project, like from the moment that, that you folks approached us, like from the pitch, it was like, without even like, before we even really knew or had like gotten the advanced copy of, um, of the Ravenloft book, like the, the in progress, um, right. stuff, or, uh, even before we got to see the beautiful cards, like the, the artwork that, that you folks already had done, uh, it was just like, oh man, like you could do so much with D&D &D, uh, um, in terms of world building. Cause uh, my background is more in um, like theater and creative art and um, like performance art and like doing a lot of sort of weird. Oh really? Yeah, doing weird stuff um, in addition to technical project management and working in games and, uh, you know, like I, I've done a lot of, um, a lot of, of technical management, but like part of the reason why I, I went into games for a while was because I, I really liked doing, um, like creative and theater projects. And so for me, mm -hmm. like the idea, a lot of why, um, like why we started field train and why I like doing, uh, the, the sort of AI and like bot work is, uh, especially with established, um, intellectual properties is to me it's a way of expanding the narrative world and giving audiences a way to like sort of come in or like uh, interact with different like a different kind of story or character or what have you um, and it gives like writers a way to sort of tell different parts of that story so this was like really interesting to me in terms of like okay so we can like especially since you guys have like such a nice focus um of coming in and being like, all right, so we want to set up this um, fortune teller and we want her to like be telling, like doing like this Heroka poll. Uh, that was really, really great to me because it was like, you can sort of, there's like such a vivid um, context in that already. So I remember uh, the first, we built out a first pass of, of what that might look like. And I spent a lot of time like dancing around our apartment. Um, <laughs> Like with uh, used a friend of ours has this really great like uh, hand painted deck of like crystal um, like history and uh, like crystals and their mystic properties. Yeah, and yeah. Like and so I was like, pulling a lot. Mm. Like I had those spread out a lot. <laughs> so this was very like kitchen magic infused kind of thing. Um, and, neat. Yeah, and like sort of, which I mean, which I know you saw, um, which is yeah. I remember that first pass right. definitely had a lot more uh, uh, herbs and crystals yeah. and, and things, and and I and I loved the uh, the imagery of it. I remember you know just reading your first uh, first draft and being like, oh, I, I get a picture of, of of what you're saying, or like a sense, or you know, I, I had very. Um, you know, a, a sensory response to it. Right, because I was... Uh, but then I remember being like, well, but flowers and yeah. rocks <laughs> like, are not necessarily Barovian yeah, I remember in the, nature. Yeah, the feedback from the writing team was like, this is too happy for me. <laughs> 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 like, you're like, this just isn't getting the bleakness across. Or like, too many good things could happen to somebody. Like, it just was right. like, there we were want, just so many... We, <laughs> <laughs> and you totally embraced that and went for the like my my favorite fortunes are the Dark Lord uh, uh, fortunes because they're just like you're dead. Yeah, that, and those actually came from like those came late in the process from Darius. He just like came into the room and he was like, "So I'm just writing a custom thing for the Dark Lord because like so because what we ended up doing is like so I had that high level design and that framework and we ended up using that framework um, throughout the rest of the deck um, and so we rewrote everything but like using that skeleton. Uh, of what we had built out to make the deck work and really, yeah, steered into the the sorrow and gothic despair. Yeah, well, the, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, you know, we spent, we spent specific effort to, because the, the source book is, is great and it goes into, there's like a whole bunch of different sections that go into detail about like, okay, you know, if you draw, if the DM draws this card, um, then you're going to experience this kind of random encounter, right? Like there will be were ravens, you know, um, and and so we actually like went through and matched up the cards to what they were, what sort of the recommendations for DMs were. So it would actually generate um, a fortune that was, you know, it's not exactly what you would obviously exactly what you get if a human DM 
drew a card at the beginning of a session or a campaign, but mm-hmm. um, uh, but you know it's it's still aligned that way. You know this card suggests the vineyard, so we're going to mention the vineyard in in our uh, in our fortune. Yeah, it's like it's there are certain locations that only appear for certain uh, of the the. Um, High arcana, the yeah, the certain major arcana, Taroka, or the um, lower arcana, and there's certain um, certain cards that like they just don't look. Certain locations and certain creatures just don't appear for because we were like, well, that doesn't seem appropriate, or like they're just it doesn't like they. It seemed like there was, you know, sort of like reverse black box engineering the writing process. We're looking <laughs> at it, we're like, okay, so like. Um, yeah, like where Ravens is a good example. Um, and like some stuff is like, all right, the Abbey, like where, you know, like which um, which cards do these kind of line up with? Like yeah. where it's like the Abbey would be like a location where that versus like the town square and you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, and, so. and the thing with the, with the Dark Lord card, uh, like it actually says in the source book to the DM, like it says, you know, if you draw the Dark Lord card, this is your opportunity to scare the player. And so, and so that was... So I read that and I said, oh, that's great. We're just going to make a custom template for the Dark Lord that's basically just like, run while you can, you know? Yeah, you are having the worst day. (laughs) (laughs) That's like reading the really, really bad horoscope uh, directly for you. It's like you you broke up with your astrologer. (laughs) (laughs) So So you guys are talking a little bit about like the the rules that you put in place, but can you talk uh, a little bit more specifically about, uh, you know, how these seemingly unique fortunes were, were constructed yeah. uh, and put out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, the, all the, the beauty and dynamic um, sentence structure and everything from, from Madam Ava is actually put together on a series of Google spreadsheets and the language tracery. Um, so when you, if you were to see her source, it's actually just um, large chunks of adjectives, nouns, and uh like names, names and, and sentence fragments um, and verb constructions, uh, but grouped together across the different um, parts of the deck. And then again, like the, di- so like uh, you have, um, and now I'm of course completely blanking on the different but like the wands. sections. Yeah. So you have like the wands, the coins, mm-hmm. the uh, stars and swords. Yeah. Did I get that right? right? Those are the four okay. suits. Yeah, those are the four suits. Right. Right. The problem is I've been like looking at regular tarot stuff recently too, and so I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the, I didn't even know this, but I did, when I was doing some research on this too, but there's different variations yes. of the tarot, and, <laughs> and they all have different, uh, uh, you know, uh, terminology for each right. one of those things. So yeah, yeah, it's understandable that it's a bit confusing. Yeah, no, a friend of mine was like, did they sell... Uh, I was like, I wonder if they sell a, a version of the tarot deck that is painted like the version of the tarot that appears in the anime JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And so I went down a whole thing trying to find that, and it turns out they don't. But anyway. Um, but you can make it. You probably. Can make it. <laughs> I just, but can I, get, will I get sued? If I <laughs> well, that's, an, that's another problem. Exactly. Yes. Um, anyway, so yeah. So you, it's fair use. It's totally yeah. fair use. Just don't sell it. Yeah, just don't just don't mad, sell it. Like, yeah, uh, but yeah. So so those different um, four decks uh, each have their own tab, and so, so that's where again you get into the thing of like, all right, so these words, like these nouns, these adjectives, like for each of the different classes, um, and then this is where it gets interesting because it's like, all right, so you have something like intelligence, and so you think like, all right, well, like you know, wizards. So maybe like stars, like they're learned, that's knowledge. So maybe that's where that goes. But then you have like military intelligence. So like where does, you know, like, you know, so you, like we started to end up getting into like deep, we spent a lot of time on word neck, well, like yeah, searching some of through it, like different kinds some of Some of it knowledge. was just figuring out connotation, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, clever and intelligent kind of mean the same thing, but they have different connotations. And so, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. maybe you would assign uh, clever to a rogue, but you would ins- you would mm-hmm. assign intelligent to a wizard, right? Right, and so so right. like, so each of um, those has their own uh, sort of section, and then what tracery does is um, is basically like kind of like Mad Libs. So you'd go through and you'd build. We we built these sentence templates. So. Um, I'm trying to think of one. What is before you? What what is so tracery? Tra- tracery is, that an off the tracery shelf? is uh, it's a it's a 
it's what's called an expansion grammar. Um, it's it's actually anybody can use it if you if you Google. I think if you Google tracery language, you will find it. It's by uh, it's actually by a game developer uh, Kate Compton. Um, oh, okay. So it's like an off the shelf piece of, of software. Um, yeah, it's open source though, so you don't have to like pay for it or anything. Okay. And um, uh, and really, all it is is it's a way to specify. It's kind of like Mad Libs, but it's like Mad Libs of Mad Libs. Yeah. So you can so <laughs> you can like nest. Mad Libs inside other Mad Libs, um, and sort of mix and match different pieces of them. Um, uh, and so, so you know, I might have one master, um, uh, one sort of like base template that says like, um, uh, you know, before, middle, and uh, you know, beginning, middle, and end, right? And then beginning, and that's just one template. And then, and then it refers to something called beginning, and the beginning is like six different possible templates for the beginning of a sentence. Um, but then one of those templates would have, would be like, okay, um, start with this word and then put a random adjective in there and then start with, and then have this word and then put a random noun in there. And so, and so you're sort of like nesting layers and layers of templates. So even though you're, you might end up writing, maybe, um, I don't know, you might end up like providing like a 500 words to this thing total um you know mm -hmm. the combinatorics means that it that it all explodes and you end up with 50,000 possible sentences or 100,000 possible sentences um and so right, uh, and so right. you're taking advantage of that of the combinatorics at the same time it means you have to think about writing in a very very different way uh than you otherwise um would so part of it is like every time you add a new word to a template i kind of just I have a computer just run this, you know, 3,000 times and I just kind of read through all the outcomes and go, ah, uh, those don't sound too right, all 100% right. Those, I'm going to tweak this. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to tweak it a little bit. And, you know. and that's where towards the end of the process, you and the writing team were seeing some of those where we would send over. Yeah. Um, and that's where what, like things were sort of hanging together pretty well, but it was, it was about voice and tone and stuff. Um, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. It was really interesting to see the 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 evolution of this and where it came yeah. from. Um, and uh, in my, you know, when I we were creating the design kind of documents for this to kind of communicate what our idea was, I had a little bit of that, even though I was only doing like, you know, four or five different variations of the same you know, sentence, I had the same problems that you had, and just you know, this doesn't sound right with all of these constructions. Yeah. And and my brain started to break a little bit <laughs> in my head, and I was so glad that I had to, I had you guys to be like, okay, now you got you know you experts make Figure make it, it work. Yes, um, yeah, but yeah. And so that's that's how it hangs together. Basically, is like you, you sort of do that, um, and then finding things where it all fits. Like, and then especially once you have um, several templates, and then you start sort of filling in. And once it, your brain kind of hits a place where that's like how all of the words fit like i don't know like we hit a point where it was like writing multiple templates a day for the work for the mm -hmm. word set and they would all work um and i don't know how <laughs> <laughs> I, i'd like to be able to be like well and i just thought very very hard and very logically but it's just i would be like okay we need another one for this and i'd be like okay okay and then 10 minutes later one of my favorite ones would come out you know and it's just yeah. like all right that works um that's cool. I wonder if, you know, your, your, your brain had been working so hard in the, the coded kind of version of this that it, all you needed was a little intuition. Sometimes when I'm doing this in my head, I just have like a sample sentence that I'm like, that I, that I keep in my head. Um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so it's like, you know, if, if it's a Madame Ava one, it might be like, you know, um, beware a smoldering ruin, it brings darkness, right, or something, right? And I might, I might mm -hmm. keep that phrase in my head. And then as I'm looking at other adjectives that I could put in there, like, uh, or actually nouns, you know, like, okay, so darkness, well, how about um, pestilence, right? Would that work? And then I think like, Smoldering ruin brings pestilence. Yeah, okay, that kind of works. But then, uh, but then I might pick a word that is sometimes an adjective and sometimes a noun, and then maybe like it would, and then I would try that out, and I would just think it in my head, and I would go, "Oh, that that's actually confusing, so I should probably ditch that one." Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, you, cool. you eventually get to a point where like 
they, it, it gets good. Darius has way more experience with this style of writing than I do. So even though I would be really good at like turning out tons and tons and tons of like adjectives or adverbs or whatever, he would then go through the list and quickly kill like 15 I was, of yeah, them. I was like the editor. <laughs> yeah. Like, this won't work. This won't right. work. Um, so yes. <laughs> the designer yeah, and the so developer. Was, in there, but, right. but yeah, it, um, it was a really, really, really fun uh, project to like sort of especially like it, it had so many different phases like first it was just like generate tons and tons of words and then it was like okay now that we have a few sentences that work like look at this huge word set and come up with other sentences that would also work that don't sound very similar right it's like oh we have we have two, we have two different types of nouns and two different types of adjectives all right well we've already done a sentence with noun one and adjective one. So let's try noun one and adjective two and like yeah. see if those- Write something what, that like, starts with adjective two. Right, you know? like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so and if you see the, all of the templates in a row, you notice it, but if all you're seeing is one of the, you know, like, yeah, like the goal was to make, for one of the goals for me was that if you could read through the Twitter history of the bot and not be able to tell quickly at all where the seams were of like the repeats and stuff. Um, yeah. Which has been a very, I mean, as, as someone who's, you know, watches the, the feed kind of on a, you know, minute, <laughs> bit, bit, my minute basis, uh, you know, for the last two months, it's been really amazing seeing like, oh, I've never seen that one before. Or that's like an interesting, yeah. you know, uh, a take on the sentence structure that I hadn't, you know, noticed was for this specific, you know, card draw and things like that. It's been, it's, I think you really took to heart uh, our biggest uh, word that we kept throwing around was like a unique fortune. We yeah. wanted, a, or at least the the seeming of it being unique uh, in in how it was formed. And uh, and the cool thing about it was that the audience really lashed onto they that as well. They just they liked coming back and getting more. I loved that so much. Like I think we had like three minutes before someone was role playing, like like yeah. walking up to Madam Ava's tent and they're like pre-tweeting up to the actual tweets. And I was just like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Like, I- <laughs> uh, my, my favorite was yeah. one of the early ones where um, uh, someone got the Raven card as a draw and their their Twitter avatar was a Raven. And they were just and like- And I think their Twitter yes. name yeah, was their Twitter name about- was like something Raven too. <laughs> uh, and they were like so excited. It's like, great, I'm so glad that happened. Yeah, we made their day. <laughs> You're like, what are yeah, the chances? Yeah, no, it was like meaningful for them. I was just like, oh man, that was so cool. <laughs> so cool, that's awesome. So, all right, so given uh, uh, how fun this was and, and, and how interesting it interacted with, you know, D&D IP lore, could you ever think of using something like this you know, around the table, uh, something, you know, obviously would have to be a different construction, but, but some way to, to, to use an automated system. Yeah, well, like I this, mean, that's, that's, uh, that's with kind play. of what the Taroka deck is to begin with. Like, that's actually one of the really cool right. things about the Taroka deck is it, is it, you know, the DM might come in thinking, okay, I'm going to tell this story, but, you know, they draw a Taroka card that they weren't expecting. And all of a sudden, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, um, all right, I guess we're going to, you know, the, the Abbey today. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently uh, the the, um, the stuff that they need is way the hell over here in this part of Barovia. Yeah. I was not planning on saying yeah, and so And so yeah. I thought this was a great fit because that's really like the Taroka deck itself is kind of an analog version of that. I also love that, you know, you can take the Taroka deck and, and, you know, you don't have to do, right, Barovia for Ravenloft, right? You can do other Ravenloft type settings, but the Tarot deck, you know, the Taroka deck still, you know, carries over. You can still have mm-hmm. the Taroka deck. You can still have, um, you know, Madam Ava, uh, you know, because she's sort of trans-dimensional kind of, right? Like you can... Uh, True, right? The Vistani do uh, uh, can travel through the mists yeah. back and forth into different uh, yeah. domains. So yeah, that is that is a possibility. You could bring it to it, you know. To yeah, and the, and the way that the Taroka is actually you know laid out in the book for the DM, it does you know it's it's not just like oh this the Dark Lord card is Strahd, you know. It's like well yeah, in the context of 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 you know Barovia, the mm. Dark Lord card is Strahd, but. Um, but you know, if you're it yeah, could be yeah, any if story, you're, if you're right. doing Ravenloft and you're doing like a like a Frankenstein's monster thing instead, like yeah, maybe the maybe the Dark Lord card is Doctor Frankenstein, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, um, that'd be very yeah. cool. But what about some other some other kind of uh, uh, automation ideas? I don't even know if it's 
you know, I, I think I've toyed in my head the idea of a, of running a whole uh, Twitter D and D adventure, you know, with the DM being the a, a bot. The in bot. Some way. Yeah. yeah. There, are, there are people who have made uh, essentially like interactive fiction games on right. Twitter. Um, so you know, instead of instead of saying "go north, go south" to a regular you know command prompt in an mm-hmm. IF game. You know, you tweet at the account and it goes left, goes right. People have made dungeon crawlers on Twitter too. Obviously, very close to you know D and D type concept there. Yeah. Um, oh, I've never seen those. That's that's fascinating. I want to yeah, check yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah. There's there's. A, I'll send you some links after this. But uh, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, it's um. So there's there's some cool um, concepts uh, that you could play with. I'm I'm really you know I, I love. I love games. One of the reasons why I tend to play computer games more than tabletop games is I like random generators in my games. Mm. Um, I like being uh, surprised uh, by things. So I play a lot of roguelikes. You know, I love, I love, if a game has a random map generator, I'm in. Yeah. Um, If anyone wants to know how to take Darius Kazemi's money, If, if you could make it a strategy, turn-based strategy game that has a randomly generated map. Yeah, I mean. And or if there's like a digging component. <laughs> so if you would oh make like a, a digging game that is a strategy turn-based game. So yeah. if someone mashed um, up uh, uh, Terraria with XCOM 2, you'd yeah, be yes. having... Yeah, that, yep, yes. there you go. That's it. Yes. I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say that or like Dig Dug and XCOM yeah. 2. Oh, yeah. Dig Dug. Yeah, that's um, it. But uh, <laughs> now that we've re- revealed my weakness, yeah, um, right. uh, yeah, there's, I, I think there's cool, uh, there's, there's, there's really interesting possibilities there. I like the idea of, um, of prompting the DM to do story things mm-hmm. um, that the DM might not otherwise. And again, it's, again, it's really not that different from like a, from like a table that you like an event table that you would roll sure. against with with a with a d100 right right and you right. Would just I'm... you would just go look and you just be like oh 97 okay um you know lightning strikes all right great that's what we're doing now yeah i mean it, it combines so many weird things of uh of you know improv theater you know if someone yells at something from the crowd it's essentially you know, making the performer deal with uh whatever random you know dice roll i'm one of my favorite um Online, I'm uh, not online. Uh, tabletop RPG supplements is something I think it's called the DM's Toolbox, and it's a thick, you know, inch thick book full of random tables. Like if you need, <laughs> if you need to know like a dwarf name, you know, there's six pages of dwarf names, and you know, you just roll on it and be like, oh yeah, yeah there's the dwarf, or you know, yeah. And, yeah. You, and it has sections of it that are all you know, even just dungeons and rooms and stuff like that, but then also uh, world building or just you know, what what do you find in the guard's pocket? Here's yeah. Three yeah, tables the, the, about that. The very first, like way before I made bots, uh-huh. uh, you know, some of the first random generators I ever made were essentially treasure tables for games. You know, it was just like, oh, plus five cursed fire of uh, a sword of fire. You know, right? right? Like, uh, and um, and so you know, there was just it was just very it was it was treasure tables, and that's what I was generating uh, uh, early on. It's sort of my first exposure to this kind of thing. When right. you were working on Dungeons and Dragons online, actually, I, was, I didn't do that when I was. Uh, she's bringing this up because I, uh, <laughs> I uh, my first game industry job was working at Turbine on Dungeons and Dragons online, and I did have a little bit of um, exposure to that side of thing, and I did dig into the code a little bit because I was curious. But uh, but actually, that was that was like in high school when I was just bored on my graphing calculator. You know, I would just write, these, write, these, write these little programs that would just you know like generate different treasure names and that sort of thing. Oh gosh, I remember those actually. You just totally scratched a memory that <laughs> I didn't even know I had. Yeah, there was like a. It was passed around in my school from the graphing calculator to graphing calculator of of a, a random table generator. Yeah, I totally yeah. remember that. Yeah. See, and on my on my graphing calculator, all everybody did in my high school was play that game where you could grow various strains of pot. Like that's- <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were a theater. Uh, I was person. a theater kid, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's I what w- we that's what we did in AP Calc one. We just yeah. <laughs> we played that game. <laughs> well, as as also a, a theater person, I, I I kind of feel like I'm I, my my feeder in both of your camps there. <laughs> so, Courtney, yeah, where did did you did you go to uh, uh, college for for theater, or was that for 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 writing? Um, I did. I ended up doing a weird degree that is both called communications and culture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then, but then I got my master's in, in management. Um, so, uh, yeah, for me, honestly, like the, as I always tell people, like the dream project, if like field train had been around back when the show was on the air would have been to build the listening stations for lost as mm. bots. Um, because, because that, sh- I know, um, because that show had the fan base that, you know, people would have followed them and like just created meaning out of random sets of numbers. Um, oh, and, yeah. I, and I would have been one of them. Um, you totally would have been in the Dharma project. Yes. Like you could just, you, cause that's the thing is it'd be so easy. And like, instead of like the sad attempt at like, I mean, they, they did an okay job, but like, it was not great because no attempt that is run by like an underpaid intern or mm-hmm. uh online narrative designer um to bring a, a like a national um major network television show onto the internet i mean there's there's, o- there's only so big a website you could make for the dharma initiative right yeah. where, where you know you click three times and all of a sudden you're at the end of yeah, the, the content, content runs right? away it's, it's right. yeah right there's not much uh, more you know, there. whereas with the a bot can can provide an infinite amount of content and also stay in character yeah. the whole time. Yeah, that's my thing is always, I'm like bots never break character because like they never get tired. So it's like you can people control it as much as they want. They can you know harass it as much as they feel like doing. And the bot <laughs> the bot is never in on the joke. The bot doesn't care. The bot is just going to stick to its script and that's why it's perfect for like narrative storytelling. Um, but in that way where it's like, you can't just be like, well, make it a character. Like, which is why like Madam Ava was so great. Cause you guys wanted Madam Ava to tell a fortune. You didn't want Madam Ava to be like, greetings. Welcome. So and so. Yeah. You didn't want her to like know the person's Twitter handle or, you right. know, like, cause that would sound terrible. Like greetings, big bud 420, you know, like, that would just, <laughs> you know, like it just not work. Um, <laughs> But, yeah. you know, but, but like, but bots are so, so good at these things, like just tirelessly telling you really, really cool fortunes or, you know, like if you give them a part that is well suited for a bot, they will do it better than any person ever could. Um, and so that's like, I remember very, very quickly, someone tweeted at you and was like, uh, Greg, do you have like an, a, an intern strapped to a chair somewhere? Doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just, we think of, you know, anything that it starts, once it starts to sound good, we assume it's a person. Um, but yeah, you put a personality behind it. Yeah. Right. But it's like, but that's actually, I think what bots are really, really good for. And I think as long as people understand, I don't like, I don't think anybody actually thinks that Madame Ava is a human being cranking these out. Right. Point. But it creates the illusion. It's like the, right. the, the, the puppet show where you, you knew you can see the person moving the puppet, but it doesn't yeah. matter because it's still fun. Exactly. It's like, it is, it is a, like a joyful, um, willing engagement with yeah. something. And so it's like, it's like, Hey, we made this thing. We think it's cool. Do you want to play with it? And then your audience gets to say, yes, I choose to want to do that. Um, and I think exactly. as, a, as opposed to like, I think you see a lot of stuff, especially coming from the brand itself. Like, I think it's like, it's, it has to be extra careful when it is coming down from the people who own the content, um, to be like, all right, we're putting this into the big pool. Here's the, like, you know, the, like you see a lot of stuff where it's like, all right, share this out. And sharing it means like there's not only a hashtag, but it also comes with like created by blah, blah, blah. And there's like a, a weird, like, <laughs> right. you know, short link. And there's, you know, like it just comes crammed in with stuff and it like pre-writes the tweet for you. And like it does, you yeah. know, and, and it ends up feeling like you're wearing like the t-shirt and the band at the concert. And like, it's just mm. not. Right. The, the, you know, I uh, choose Superman over Batman. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was like, you know, I think about uh, there was like a there was like a patent that that went around uh, that that happened a few years ago for it was it was it was to do with the connect I think I think it was a Microsoft patent and mm. the the patent diagram is someone like watching a movie and then it cuts to an ad and then the person if they want to skip the ad has to stand up and say like I love McDonald's hamburgers yes. and then like oh God. and then and then the ad stops and then they can sit back down and like keep watching their movie oh and God. 
Um, and and some online interactive things kind of remind me of that, like like people where the, like bots where you have to like respond with like a catchphrase in order to get the bot to do something for you. You know, it's like like I'm a I'm a huge fan of of like one button you know, engagement with these bots. That's why I like what Madame Ava does. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, okay, if I want a fortune, I just hit the retweet button. Right, and right. And, and we it. and we like that too because it created a, a, a networking effect so that, yeah. you know, someone would see that retweet and then, you know, obviously yeah. all their followers would then see it and it would create this kind of, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't call it insidious, but it definitely created a net of people. Oh, people are now aware of it without feeling... Um, as you say, like a shill or, 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 you know, right. Hey, look at me. I like this brand kind of thing that, that well, was happening. And the thing is, is the thing, it's like you were asking for one tweet and the tweet had value to that person. Like not only, right. you know, it was like, Oh, and, and that's what we were trying to do is provide something that had like enough, just inherent value as like a cool thing that it was like, Oh yeah, I want to get that. And like, it obviously it worked. Um, mm -hmm. Because you see, I've seen lots of stuff. Like, there's plenty of like web toys out there that are branded out like all over. That I still like. I, what is it? The thing where you can make the gifts of the football player like doing the touchdown. Oh yeah, thing. the Madden. The, the Madden. Madden oh right, like, from last year. Yeah, I love that thing. Um, obviously, it didn't work super well because I couldn't remember what it was. But <laughs> <laughs> but you both did. Um, you it's know true. What I mean? It's so, true. Yeah, but you know, it, it gets infected in your head and 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 yeah. uh, uh, makes you have positive feelings associated with yeah. it. Different from the idea of like I must stand up and say something. Yes. Um, so it's like the point is to like, I think that people miss that step of like you have to actually have something pretty cool <laughs> at the center of it. But like you can yeah. you can think something pretty cool. Like if you well, if kudos you, to to both of you for for creating something that was cool yeah. enough that people wanted to engage yeah, well, uh, with kudos, something like this. Kudos to you guys for having, like, you, you, like, people were like, oh, it's so cool that you had the idea to, like, do it on the retweet. And, like, and I'm like, they, honestly, like, D&D &D came to us with everything. Like, yeah, you guys had it ready. Was, like, you was, was ready with the concept. Yeah, you and, knew exactly what you wanted, and it was yeah. great. And, the, and, you know, and it was funny, because I was expecting to have a lot more back and forth with the designers about it. But actually, the the, the source book is so well written, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, this, yeah. is, this is easy to work with. We'll yeah. just, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll take our cues from this. So, Yeah, Chris Perkins and uh, uh, Adam Lee and all that team, they definitely infected as much uh, uh, character and story into that. So it's cool that you were able to glean from that everything you needed to, to make Madame Eva uh, you know, feel like it was real. Well, and it was it was perfect timing because it was like November in Portland, so we had like fog and leaves, and I. It, it was, was very gloomy. It was yeah. definitely very. Like, once you guys were like, it needs to be more bleak. I was like, I'm just gonna go for some walks. Yeah, we're just <laughs> right. go outside and get inspired by the by the gray. Yeah, it was it was really nice. I was like, I feel like I'm gonna get kidnapped by something evil out here. So this is great. So um, it's great. It's perfect. Yeah. I, I'll just channel that into uh, creepiness. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, what is well, your... what's uh, what's next on the uh, horizon for for Field Train? What are, what are you guys working on? Uh, and obviously, you know, uh, you know, don't tell me anything secret, but you know, what uh, what kind of stuff do we have on the on the horizon? Uh, we are currently working with This American Life on a as yet unnamed uh, web application to um, let's say visualize and clip audio from their entire back catalog it's for clipping oh, podcasts wow. and sharing pieces of podcasts with your friends so yes. i guess it's sort of relevant to anybody listening to this podcast yeah yeah absolutely yeah and so there's that is a really cool idea yeah. yeah so we're gonna we're gonna build a tool for this american life but then we're gonna release like generic code so that other podcasts can use yeah. it too. so there will be an open source version as well as the the version that is integrated with this american life's archive already so now will it be like a, a, a Twitter thing? So like, Hey, mm -hmm. if you're listening to a podcast, you, you, uh, you know, press a button and a snippet mm -hmm. will yeah. be then be broadcast on Twitter. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, if someone's listening to a podcast and they really thought they, I don't know, they just liked something that somebody said, they could go into this tool, they could search for it, you know, uh, ideally just by typing in some of the words that the person said, you know, pull that up. And then clip out the audio, and it would generate. Basically, what it does is it generates a video file, and then mm. uh, you can embed that video like you would in a tweet or uh, or, a, else, or right. a Facebook post or anywhere else that takes yeah. video. Yeah. Very interesting. Cool. Oh, yeah. Do you guys uh, um, want to plug your your Twitters or anything as far as getting people to to know more about your projects going forward? Yeah, sure. I sure. mean, there's the official uh, Field Train account is Field Train Co-op. So it's that's F E E L. 
train, like choo-choo train, and then (laughs) C-O-O-P. And then um, I'm Quartz on Twitter, which is is not spelled like it sounds. (laughs) Q-Zero-R-T-Z. Yeah, and I'm Tiny Subversions uh, on Twitter or tinysubversions.com for a bunch of my, like, random bot projects. There you go. Very cool. Well, I again, I can't stress how awesome it was to work with you guys. Thank uh, you. You uh, got exactly what we wanted and uh, and made it awesome. So thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. It was a pleasure. Tons of fun, and then I'm sure we'll do we'll do more crazy D and D stuff in the future. That would be awesome. Anytime. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for taking the time to talk. All right. Take care. Bye. Well, that was really cool. I, I love to be able to share with you guys some of the back and forth on how uh, Courtney and Darius and I came up with the idea for this whole Madam, Madam Ava bot. Uh, my mind is spinning with ways that we can use uh, Field Train and, and Twitter bots uh, for D&D in the future. Maybe you'll see something come up this year. Who knows? Maybe something next year. I don't know. If you have any ideas for how uh, to use uh, this kind of, not AI, but this kind of bot, uh, why don't you uh, follow me on Twitter? I'm at Greg Tito, and then you can talk to me about it there. I think that's pretty cool. Um, you can also t- t- ask me any uh, questions you have about Dungeons and Dragons or dungeon mastering. I am a font of Dungeons and Dragons knowledge, uh, but if I don't, even if I don't know what's happening, I'll point you to the people who do. So you can do that. I'm at Greg Tito, and of course, Wizards at the underscore D and D is the official account. That's where Madam Ava is. Still currently, we're thinking about possibly um, uh, making that available for uh, all posterity going forward, uh, but we'll give you more details on that, but feel free to follow the official Dungeons & Dragons Twitter for that. Um, and if you would, if you enjoyed our conversation, um, please go ahead to iTunes and give us a rating and or a review. Um, we'd love to get your feedback on what you liked or didn't like about this podcast, and any good rating uh, definitely helps the iTunes masters at Cupertino let more people know about Dungeons and Dragons and the podcast here. So that would be awesome. All right. Well, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week, uh, possibly with um, Trevor and or Shelly to mix up the monotony. Ryan, my sound engineer, is there right now. He's staring at me with dreamy eyes. <laughs> so, nice, nice work today, Greg. Thank you, sir. N- nice work going solo. Thanks, man. We, we're, we're, it sounds like we're in a cavern. But really, we're just in an empty conference room. We're in a dungeon. And I don't have any clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he was kidding. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. See you next week.